Welcome to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. This is designed for anyone who hires, trains, leads a team, or all of the above. If you're a business owner or team leader, you're in the right place. If you aren't subscribed to our podcast, please do so at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Richard Dvorak. Thank you for joining the podcast today. I appreciate you listening. I'm a partner with Illuminate Business Advisors. We're based out of Houston, Texas. And what our company does is we help businesses hire the right fit, train effectively, and improve employee engagement and team synergy. And one of the ways that we do that outside of our own experiences, our own learnings and professional environments is we use a tool called Colby. That's K-O-L-B-E. Actually, Colby has many tools, but one of the most important ones that we use is called the Colby A assessment. And this is a validated assessment that measures how people take action. And I'm going to do a four-part series with a deeper dive on this Colby A assessment, but more importantly, what it means when you're hiring, when you're training, and when you're leading a team or leading any employees that you have. So this, this podcast, I think, would be appropriate for anybody who owns a business or runs a business or has executive leadership functions in a business because there's some real world applications we're going to get into. And before I do that, I I need to give you a little short overview in the three parts of the mind and how Colby fits in with this. And ancient philosophers and modern psychologists tend to agree that we have a three-part mind with separate domains for thinking, feeling, and taking action. And so the first part of the mind that deals with thinking is cognitive. And cognitive can be measured by SAT, ACT, Wonderlick. There's all kinds of tests that you can use to measure someone's cognitive ability. It could be a measure of how smart they are of intelligence. You can also be intelligent based on your own experience. So somebody that's an engineer for 40 years is going to have a certain cognitive level that you can measure. The next part of the mind I want to discuss is the affective, and that's with an A. So A-F-F-E-C-T-I-V-E, and that's how we feel, and that's more of a preferences. And the affective part of the mind can be measured with assessments like DISC, Strengths Finder, Myers-Briggs, you know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, those measure the affective part of the mind. What we're going to talk about today is the third part of the mind, which is It's well-established, but it's probably the least researched and the least understood, and it's the conative, so not cognitive, but the conative, C-O-N-A-T-I-V-E. And Colby measures the conative part of the brain. Conation is how people are likely to take action when given freedom to act in a way that's comfortable for them. And so that's what Colby measures. And there's four modes that Colby measures. There's fact finder, follow through, start an implementer. And what I'm going to do today is really dig in a little bit on the fact finder. Now, for more information, you need to go to colby.com, K-O-L-B-E, and check out Kathy Colby's uh, suite of tools. The things they have are, are invaluable for any organization. And my experience using this is I got exposed to them through a coaching program called Strategic Coach. They had everybody take the Colby I said, this is so great. I learned a lot of things about myself or validated things about myself. So I started using it with our team in a financial planning and wealth management business. And we started using it with all of our clients to help figure out how they take action. Then that turned into a coaching and leadership organization, which is now 
Illuminate Business Advisors. And so it measures four modes, and you can take a look at Colby.com if you want to get a better visual of this. And one of those is Fact Finder. And Fact Finder measures, like it may imply, how much data. Fact Finder is an action mode that deals with how much detail and complexity a leader or team member needs when solving a problem. And it indicates how much information or data someone needs or doesn't need when they're striving. And so the way I want you to imagine this is there's a there's a scale of one to 10 that gets measured with this assessment. And one is on the top, 10 is on the bottom because one is not better or worse than a 10. All of these can be strengths. And I'll explain this a little bit more, but let's start with what we call a long fact finder. And in Colby language, we don't say high or low. We don't say good or bad because neither of these is a strength or a weakness. They're all strengths that show up in different ways. And so on a scale of one to 10, you can either be short, you can be long, or you can be somewhere in the middle. And I want to talk a little bit more about what these mean. So the fact finder that is a seven to a 10, we would call that long. And that person's strength might be to strategize or specify. And this person's likely to initiate action by collecting data, establishing priorities, assessing probabilities, and these types of people likely won't start a task until they've gathered as much information as they need. So they might need to probe, investigate, define, and evaluate. So that can be a, a really important skill or a really important strength. And in the middle, a four to a six fact finder, we, we might to oversimplify, say this person would explain. Might be willing to review data and work with priorities. But they don't have to collect in-depth data to start problem solving. And we're going to talk about, in a second, the implications for hiring, training, and working in a team. And then the shorter fact finders, remember, this is not a weakness. This is a strength, just in a different way. So somebody that's one to three, we would call them a short fact finder. Their strength is to simplify. So they might prevent stagnation by not overanalyzing. They might cut their information and choose what they feel is the obvious solution. They, these people might not often require written proof and won't need exact comparisons. And so let's dig in and talk about the implications in hiring, training, and then in team engagement. So on the hiring part, when you're hiring someone for a specific role, you have an idea of what strengths you might want. Now, you may not use the conative, the Colby language, but you might know that if you're hiring for somebody, a job that requires research, digging into data, you're going to want a longer fact finder. You're going to want somebody that's going to dig in and need to collect and find that data. So I'll give you an example. My wife is one of those people. Um, she was an attorney with a multinational law firm, one of the biggest ones in, in Houston and maybe in the nation. And she did document review. So if they would prepare, she was a litigator, they'd prepare for court cases. So it's really important to review data, review documents, review laws and statutes. And that was a really important strength. Now, she is a nine fact finder. So the flip side to that is when we go on vacation or do something, I know now that she's going to require and need data. So, you know, saying, all right, we're going to go to this hotel and here's where we're going to leave and here's where we're going to come back is not enough. And that was my, my experience with her in our first uh, trip. She was really needed. She felt very uncomfortable with me just giving her high level generalization. And so she was just uncomfortable. And I didn't have the Colby assessment. I didn't know this about her, that her strength was needing data. 
And so I, I give her enough data and now I know. So the implication for hiring is if you're going to get somebody, depending on the position, you may want that strength that my wife has. You may want somebody that's able to strategize and analyze, but you may not. You may want and desire somebody that'll simplify, that won't really need written proof, that won't get bogged down in data. This, this might be a sales type person, somebody that you need to get out there and new products to market with uncertainty and not a lot of proof that it's worked before. And so you got to be very careful. And so what I recommend to people that are hiring is you, you basically define what you're looking for and then you have potential employees or prospective employees. You have them take the BA and you can measure their strengths versus what your expectations are. And if you get somebody that's way off, you can have conflict and you can have missed expectations. So really important to measure this. Now, let's talk about training. Let's say you've hired somebody who was a good fit based on their cognitive strengths and the other things that you measure for, right? You don't just measure for connection. You measure for, you know, experience and intelligence and personality and and beliefs. So you do want to dig into those things. Don't get me wrong. But let's say you found the right fit from a cognitive standpoint. Now it's time to train them. Well, let's use the example of a fact finder since we're sticking with this mode. If you have somebody like my wife, who's a nine fact finder, and let's say the person responsible for training her is a four fact finder. Well, the four fact finder is not likely to give as much details as a nine fact finder would desire or need or feel comfortable with. So what you can have is somebody that's training, they're just not given enough data. And, and what'll happen is this might show up in this person feeling uncomfortable, asking a lot of questions. They're maybe coming back a second and third time and asking more questions. And what, what can happen in my experience is you can look at this person and say, are they not, not smart enough? They not, why are they not picking this fast enough? Well, if you haven't measured for this, you don't know that this person needs a lot more data, then you can really hinder the effectiveness of the training program. And if you know this, though, you can sit there and ask questions. Have I given you enough data? Do you need more information? Here's more data. You know, read this beforehand or read this afterwards and we'll circle back around. There's many different ways to handle this. But in my experience, most people don't measure for this, so they just don't know. And I do want to explain one thing. A four fact finder, the difference between a four and a nine is huge. It's not like four versus nine degrees. It's like 40 degrees versus 90 degrees. So there's a there's a chasm there and there's a potential for conflict. Now flip those numbers over. Let's say you have a nine fact finder and the person you're training is a four fact finder. You might be giving them so much data that it's just overwhelming them and they don't need it. It might show up as boredom. They might get a little frustrated. And so it's really important that you measure this not only in hiring, but also in training. And then lastly, let's talk about when you have a, an existing team. So maybe it's a team and you've never measured for conation or this is new for you and you decide to do this. And you're a, you're a team that works together to accomplish the company initiatives and goals. You're going to have people that are different levels of fact finder. You might have some ones, you might have some threes, you might have some nines or tens. And in all likelihood, depending on the size of your team, you're going to have a, a range. Now, one thing that happens with, with many groups that I see is they will hire people who are similar to themselves. So you can get what we call cloning. That's not really what I'm going to dig into today. I'm going to, now that is a problem because you get groupthink. Everyone acts in a similar fashion, which 
if you've got a lot of people that don't dig into the facts, for example, you may miss important facts. Or if you've got people that all want to dig into the facts and they're all long fact finders, you could get uh, paralysis through analysis. So you do want to be careful of that. But when you're collaborating with the team, you just want to be aware of the different levels of fact finder and what the implications are. So for instance, I have people on my team that are longer fact finders. And I know that when I assign a task that I should probably provide more detail than I might naturally provide. If I don't, people will often come back to me and request more detail. And I'll think to myself, so does that give them enough detail? I mean, it seems pretty clear to me, but I have to remind myself, oh, they're a longer fact finder. They just, they feel more comfortable taking action when they have more data. So I've been doing this for many years. I've understood Conation and Colby, but I have to remind myself frequently. And so in a working group, this is really important because you can be in a meeting and I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you know, do you know of somebody in a meeting that always asks a bunch of questions? You think the meeting's about to wrap up, they ask more questions and that person could be you. It may be that they have a desire. They may be longer fact finders and they need more information. It's not that they're not on board with the project. It's not that they're not smart enough or they don't understand. They just need that. And if you don't know that, it can be frustrating for the other people in the group. Okay. Now, if you recognize these differences and you recognize that people have these different strengths in the fact finder mode, then you can not only you know, respect those differences when you're in meetings and collaborating and working together, but you can also appreciate, oh, this person brings a different strength to the table. So the point of this podcast was to really dig into the fact finder a little bit, but the importance in hiring, training, and then working together as a team or leading people on your team. And the first step to, to start to figure these things out or to be better in this area is go take the Colby assessment. So you can go to kolbe.com. You can take what's called the Colby A. And you can, first of all, just have awareness on what your strengths are, but then the people that, that are working for you or that are that are surrounding you in a working group or in the team or the company. And then once you have that awareness, then you can go, hey, what do we do about this? You know, we need to understand, we need to appreciate and then respect these differences and these different strengths. And then you can start to leverage those strengths. So this was just an intro to, to the Colby A and this specific mode of fact finder. I hope you found it useful and informative. I know it's a little harder if you haven't take, taken the Colby A assessment. If you have, then this will be a little bit more of a refresher. And if you'd like more information on our products and services, check us out at IlluminateVA.com. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Please subscribe so you can get updated episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you are already subscribed, please leave us a rating to let us know how we are doing, but only if the content was worth a five. If not, please check out our episode library and find one that you would give a five rating. You can find more information about our company at IlluminateBA.com. Thanks again for listening, and here's to your success.